0: Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Graham Hislop, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at ennisbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Well, uh, hey everybody. Can you uh, help me thank our amazing team just leading us this morning? Thank you, really. Isaac can stay for one minute, you guys can go. Just wait till I've um, finished reading the Word. Wanna talk about a good eye today. Big welcome, by the way, online. Big welcome to everyone from our city location joining us today. Big welcome to everyone. My name is Graham. Um, Rebecca and I have the privilege of being part of the team here. And I wanna read Matthew chapter six to you, the words of Jesus Christ. He said, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy. What's a vermin? It's got to be rats, mice and cats. It's got to be. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> where thieves break in and steal. So don't, don't store up yourself treasures on earth. But go ahead and store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy, where thieves cannot break in and enter and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. The eye is a lamp to the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light But if your eyes are unhealthy Then your whole body will be full of darkness If then the light within you is darkness How great is that darkness? You can't serve two masters Jesus says you'll either hate one or love the other Or you'll be devoted to one or despise the other You simply can't serve both God and money Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life what you'll eat, drink, about your body, what you'll wear, is life not more than food, More, your body more than clothes. And then he finishes it in verse 33 by saying this, but seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, his justice and his right standing with God. Then all these things that you're worried about and you're stressing about and you're trying to store up on earth will be given to you as well. In one case you lose out all of it, And the other, you seek the right thing, you gain everything. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Verse 22 again, the eye is the lamp of the body. Father, thank you for your awesome presence. I love you, Father. Thank you that you're so good to us. You're right here. And your manifest presence, your manifest grace, your heart. It's been on display all morning. So Lord, now as we come around your word, we haven't stopped worshipping you. We haven't stopped thinking about you. But now we just love to hear your word for us. We get one life, Lord, but one life is enough if you're in charge and you're in control. So move all over this place today by your Holy Spirit, powerfully, unequivocally, without restraint. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray, amen. Thank you, Isaac. You're a genius. We love you very much. You simply never forget the first time you go to an optometrist and they put the giant lenses in these giant glasses to show you exactly how bad your eyes are and you didn't realise. For me, it came out of a moment where my wife, Rebecca, said to me, you should go get your eyes tested, you're squinting all the time. Now, I made it sound quite nasty, it was probably worse than that. And uh, I said, okay, I'll go, (laughs) (laughs) sorry babe. But it was probably really nice, and uh, so I went to the optometrist and I thought, I don't need glasses, I'm fine. I used to tell people, I've got 20-20 vision, I'm great, and uh, then they put, like I said, they put those lenses in those holders, and you think to yourself, I actually said out loud, oh my gosh, I said, I can see. (laughs) It's like, I've driven in there without glasses, so it's obviously not a major issue. So then, uh, progressing through the glasses journey, um, Rebecca said, "You might like to try contacts." And I said, "Okay, yeah, well, that sounds interesting." And she wears contacts, and so I thought I'm going to give it a go. So I went into the optometrist, said, "Got to try contacts," um, and then um, they said, "Okay, cool. Well, um, we'll give you some demo, a demo set, and um, but there's some things you need to know." So, "Okay, sweet. What is it?" And they were like, "Well, we've just got to take you through two training sessions on how to use them and how to take care of them." And I said, okay, sweet, two, two training sessions. They said, yeah, 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 so come in for the first one, we'll do some training and then you have to come in for the second one. And I thought, what, this is 2020, like whatever year it was, this is ridiculous. It's like, I don't need two training sessions to put some lenses in my eyeballs, you know, this is, this is not right. And, and, but the person was insistent, very insistent. In fact, getting more and more insistent, the more I kind of made noises like, I was dropping things like, oh, I think I'll be all right just with one session, don't you? And anyway, it, it turned out I was like, I actually asked the lady, she was a nice lady, and I said, have you had a bad experience or something? Like, has something gone wrong? And she said, oh, look, we just have to do it. It just has to be done. We had a guy come in here, got contacts. We had an old system, took him through it. Three weeks later, he came in and his eyes were totally red, rashes everywhere. I said, what's happened? He said, well, I lost the contact solution, but don't worry, every night before I went to bed, I used Mr. Muscle on my lenses. And he goes, it might be that, (laughs) correct. So the Mr. Muscle scenario is why this new system of training is so significant, and that's a true story. But Jesus is not talking about your eyeballs. He's not at all, the eye is the lamp to the body. If your eyes are healthy, one translation says good. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, and another translation says bad, your whole body will be filled with darkness and for a long time people have read that and it just seems cryptic like it's out of nowhere in the middle of this stuff about treasure and worry and money and God and serving masters and it's like like right there and it's very tricky I mean Eastern philosophy I guess thinks we've got a third eye somewhere and other times people take it literally like how's your kidneys look in your eyes you know Um, but Jesus is actually speaking in what is known as an idiom okay the an idiom is a figure of speech you know like that guy's as cool as a cucumber. He's not, number one. And number two, where did that even come from? Or do you know the one, Like, I didn't know him from a bar of soap. So you're telling me (laughs) that if someone said, a robber came into my house, stole some stuff. Yeah, I looked at a cake of soap in the shower, looked exactly the same. (laughs) Well, what about this one? That event was as dead as a dodo. What about that one? Anyway, where do we get these things from? Where do these things come from? well the idioms the pictures they're the designed to draw and pull us into the narrative right and jesus you've got to understand about jesus he draws us he draws us he draws us so back to the eye the jewish audience knew from the torah which is genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy the first five books of the bible which is really the jewish bible they knew what an healthy and unhealthy eye meant In the Hebrew, I've written it up, it's a Hebrew word which is actually pronounced, can you bring it up? Ayin Tovar, which is a Jewish idea, and it means a good eye or a healthy eye. And the other one, the next one is Ayin Re'ah, meaning a bad eye or an unhealthy eye. And Lois Tovberg, in her book, Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus, explains that modern Christianity pretty much stripped all of the original Jewish context out of stories that we just think he's talking about optometrist situations. What she says meant to those people, not just Jesus wasn't bringing up a new idea, he was bringing up an original idea, which was what? Your eye, a good eye, is how you look and see the world around you. Because you're seeing here today. But there's other things seen. Your mind and your spirit, your soul. And Maybe you're here and it's a wee bit uncomfortable for you and you don't know exactly why. Or maybe you're here and it just feels like home and you don't know why. We're, we're seeing and seeing and seeing. So if you have Ain tovah, then you have a good eye or a healthy eye. Therefore, you see the world in a good, healthy way. If you have ain raa, then you actually see the world in an unhealthy or bad way. Right. And what did Jesus say? "Iein tova" means your whole body will be filled with light. What does the word body mean for you? Your life. If you have Aien Ra'a, your whole life will be filled with darkness. Wow. Okay. Now, in this kind of part of the world, you think about good, you'll think about moral issues. Here's the church harping on again about whether you're a good person or whether you're a decent person or whether you're uh, moral. Not what Jesus meant. How do we know? Jesus actually used in his Aramaic language a Jewish concept for good and healthy, literally meant generous. If you have a generous eye, and for the word ayin re'ah, which is bad or unhealthy, Jesus literally used... A word, stingy. So if you have a stingy eye, Jesus is really bringing it to the pointy end of this discussion and saying, listen, if you have a generous eye towards the world, light is going to fill your whole life. But if you have a stingy view of the world, darkness will be around you. So how is this about servanthood and generosity, our 12 ways of practicing the way? We're talking about following Jesus. For two or three years as a church, we're going on a huge journey about what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus rather than a disciple of culture or disciple of the marketplace or disciple of the crypto or disciple of whatever other media outlet we might enjoy rather being a disciple of Jesus. How does this get us to servanthood and generosity? Well, it's simple, right? Practicing the way which we talked about the word of God, about prayer, a trellis for life, so that the vine can grow and the fruit can grow. And we've talked also about fellowship, we've talked about emotional well-being. Jesus practiced emotional well-being, being able to respond rather than react. Actually having the issues of his heart settled so he could respond. Well, all of that seems like an action, doesn't it? And there are actions, but in the kingdom of God, it must be connected to heart. If it's not in your heart, what is it called? Religion. If you do Christian stuff without the heart for Christ, it is religion. But if you do things out of a heart for Christ, and it's a simple thing like Alicia saying or Beck saying, you know, reaching out to God in the morning saying, God, I need you today. You've got a heart for it? in tova. And light will fill your whole life. Okay. that's why people get stuck with religion because it's a meaning it's just a criti, it's a critical eye well if I do this and I do that then God will be okay with me and if I do that and I do this people will be okay with me and finally they'll get off my back and it's like no 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 no, no. Jesus is a, um, God is a father Jesus came to pay for all of our sins he gave his Holy Spirit to be our helper a generous God a generous way yeah. of life. So there's no point having a roster or a quota system saying well I'll mow my neighbor's lawns once a month. That is not aine tovar. You say oh I'll, I mean it's better than doing nothing I guess. You know everyone needs their lawns mowed or at the moment their swamps drained, whatever it is, <laughs> that's alright. Or you know in giving and generosity Rebecca and I Ever since we got married, actually, she was um, 20 and I was 18. <laughs> Seriously, I got married at 18. No child of mine is ever getting married at 18, I can tell you that. <laughs> and so we've been married 24 years, come 25 years in March. See how the, see, good. And um, when I married her, we, we went through a few financial challenges because I got pneumonia really, um, pretty much bang, smack bang off um, getting married and couldn't work for. Th- three or four or five months something like that and um, it was very not good and anyway we looked at our budget and we were eating porridge i'm honest honest porridge for meals and then her parents were really really incredibly supportive and would drop off food um, for us and um, was really helpful but we'd, rebecca had actually bought a house at 18 years old she'd saved up a deposit and bought a house So I'd I'd kind of married into the dynasty, hadn't I? I I brought a. I tell you what, I brought in. It was a terrible attitude and a higher purchase for a guitar. That's what I brought into the marriage. Why are you clapping? This is like. that is not a gift. I do remember one time when we had a terrible argument. She goes, "I wish I'd signed a prenup with you." I was like. (laughs) Anyway, fair enough. (laughs) Ah, Anyway. I said to her, Flip, we're eating porridge. We need to sort this out. We need to eat better food than porridge. I said, look at the money we're giving to God in the church, you know, giving. I said, maybe we should stop giving for a while. And she looked at me with, the, with those don't mess with me eyes. She said, we cannot afford not to give. And so we carried on eating porridge. <laughs> but I can tell you what, right now, I still eat porridge, but it's out of choice. Ayen Tovar. Ayen Tovar. Ayen Tovar. Aha. So, look, a good eye actually translates into a generous outlook and a generous way of seeing life, and like I've explained, rather than stingy. And Jesus is saying, it's massive, it's light and darkness, you know. And you've got to think about that. Jesus is not mucking around with that. But, but how does it live itself out? recently our son israel got a job and he's you know started handling money and this is actually not just a money talk i really want to make sure everyone's clear on that but um he he started this job and down the road from his work was a dairy which is a teenager who's working's best friend and he went at lunch to get a pie and a red bull and so he's like gonna get a pie and red bull and like he's doing this thing and so he's he's he, he goes up one day to get his pie and red bull and he has and his workmate was like, he's going, hey, I'm going down to the dairy, get a pine red bull. He goes to the dairy, pine red bull. And there, the guy in front of him is getting a V or a red bull as well. But as he goes to swipe, and he told me the guy's like 23, 24, and he, um, and he swipes and he can't pay for it. And so Israel, who's behind him, who's a lot younger, um, just steps up. And he goes, because the guy turned around with his V, he goes, oh, I need to put it back, I don't know what's happened. And Israel just steps up and he goes, hey, mate, it's all good. i got it. And so the guy goes, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah, i got it. But what Israel, the guy didn't realise is that Israel actually, even though he's working, this one account only had enough in it for the pie and Red Bull, just, I don't know why. And uh, so he, he goes and he puts his Red Bull back on the shelf that he gets his pie. So he's telling me the story. He gets back to work and the, and the, the guys he's working with go, where's your Red Bull? And he goes, oh. There's a guy in front of me and his card declined so I just thought I'd get it for him. And the guy at work's like, what? I I do not know about random acts of kindness ran out like 10 years ago or something, did it? He comes home and he tells me the story. And this is what he says verbatim. He says, it actually felt really good, Dad. Acts 20 verse 35 says, it is more blessed to Ien tova give, yeah. then rear take. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's that light. I remember another time um, I, I was on the receiving end of Ayin Tova. You see, I noticed that as I've um, studied the way God moves and his spirit pours out, he's always pouring himself out out of grace and kindness and love and expectation, not out of the other side, stinginess, criticalness, all of that. I was 16 or 17. God was starting to do a work in my heart, but I was definitely kind of a foot in both camps. Um, So I I knew that, I I knew I should live for God, but I knew that I wasn't, but I was sort of in the middle. Happened to be at a church service, and I was carrying some guilt and some shame just from some stuff that had happened and was going on. And in the service like this, person up the front said, hey, we just wanna pray for some people. And I I was actually desperate. It's a good thing when you know that you're desperate, God meets desperate people. God actually meets people when they actually come out of their own space and self and go, I, I need, and I did, I, even though I had foot in both camps, I stood out from the row and I walked up the front. And the worship team is playing, and then someone comes alongside me to begin to pray for me. And I was sixteen, seventeen. it just so happened to be Rebecca's dad. And Rebecca's dad came up alongside me, John Poglaze, and uh, Stoke Radio and TV, and he came along, <laughs> sorry, And he came alongside me, What? and he came alongside me, and he, the time is broken, by the way. I do not know where we're at. Are we good? You just go like this when we're done, okay? And um, anyway, he came up alongside me, and I'm just standing there, and he put a hand on my shoulder, and he began to pray, God, I just pray for your love, I pray for your presence, pray that you'd really do a work in Graham's heart. Now, he doesn't know what I'm going through. And then he says this, you know, Graham, I just sense God saying that he's proud of you. Now, I couldn't believe it because it felt when he spoke like this was God speaking. And even though I was battling and I was really struggling, the effect was so massive that in that moment, shame and guilt wow. broke. Wow. The man operated through in <clears> tovar. <throat> <throat> A generous spirit because this is who God is. And the effect was huge. And then he said, I mean, and then I turned to him and I said, One day you shall be my father in law. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I did not But I really wanted to. <laughs> but I don't think we understand how massive this is. Because if you did, you would never Aeen rea again in your life. You would never, ever, you would not allow a stingy view of the world. You would not allow a stingy view of your kids. We overheard the other day about a person, not from here, just who who spoke a really negative word over their kids. And man, when, it's hard parenting, it's really hard. You need just buckets and oceans and bathtubs full of God's grace as a parent. And um, so a word spoken, a terrible word, you know, like, you know those kind of words like you're useless or I wish you were never born or stuff like that. Your heart just breaks, doesn't it? But if you knew, if you knew what could happen if Iyin re'aw ha- happened out of that stingy view, you would never go there. You, you would never go, you'd understand that. That's the moment for a lot of people when a parent, when there was no father in their life, when there was no loving you tovah, general spirit in their life, even in mistakes, when there was no securing kind of acceptance That's where darkness gets in that's when futures really do get reshaped massively you would you would not allow a stingy view of anything because your eye has implications on your whole life now i'm going to show you something really cool as we come to conclude in the two things and i'm going to do it speedily okay so if you don't know the bible you can go home and study some of this but they concern a man named abraham abram was his first name and then god turned up in his life called him abraham which meant father of many or father of faith. And to the Jewish culture, Abraham is known as someone with a good eye, okay? So that's why you have to understand what Jesus said about Ayentovar, had a reference because people knew Abraham had a good eye. And I wanna show you an example of Abraham's good eye being played out. Now this is a time even pre-Moses, okay? So he isn't operating under the law. He's not doing anything with God that's out of um, requirement. He's relating out of a generous heart to heart, okay? And, uh, there are two things that happened because of Abraham's good eye. So um, Abraham had already been following God, and God gave him a promise of a land, a place, to become a nation. So he had to go from place to place on these battles, a lot like you. You're going through your life, you think it's inc- coincidental, but actually the things that come up before you are like tests, or they're like battles, or they're like things you can go through that God can continue to prove his faithfulness and, and steady your character. So he comes up to this place and they have a battle and then in the battle Abraham wins as God said go through this place and you'll win this battle and he plunders this incredible plunder uh, reward um, treasure and anyway he comes out the back of this um, battle and he's walking out and as he's coming out of that battle a king and a priest named Melchizedek the king and priest of Salem actually uh, meets Abraham out of nowhere. And, and this king and priest has bread and wine for the weary soldier, uh, Abraham. Pretty awesome. And if you're a Christian, you know what the blood, the bread sorry, and the wine represent. They represent the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. So as he does this, Abraham is just blown away. And I'm going to read you the passage because I'm going to show you what it did. Then this Melchizedek was king of Siloam and the priest, God Most High, he was a priest and a king. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him and Abraham gave him a tenth of everything, i'een and the first name Melchizedek means king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem means king of peace. Watch this, real key word, without. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling Melchizedek, Coming to Abraham, resembling the son of God, that's Jesus, this man remains a priest forever. What does that mean? Without ever having a family line that made him a priest or a king, or to bring him in the genealogy of Jesus, Abraham blessing him has what? This is the first thing of two. Abraham's good eye caused supernatural occurrences that he did not expect. In other words, he did not expect to meet. Many scholars believe Melchizedek is Jesus appearing. And he aintovard him. He acted in a generous manner and it created this incredible blessing that puts a man in the blessing of God without, and that's the point of the supernatural, you can get healed without a doctor being involved. You can get delivered without what? Anyone going back even in your childhood and sorting some stuff out sometimes. How do we get saved? Without our good works, we receive it. I tovar. When we ayin supernatural things happen. So you've got to get out of the stinginess of yourself and the stinginess of your life. And I don't have enough. And you've got to start getting into generosity of heart. Because you never know, you might be entertaining angels. You can have Jesus Christ right in front of you, and you did not know it. And then that could create a huge blessing for your entire family. Who doesn't want their family to be blessed? You've got to do something. You've got to step into it. Ie tovar with your generous faith and spirit. That's all you've got to do. Isn't that awesome? And I don't know about you, but we need some um, super. Hello, over there. We need some supernatural occurrences. We need some things to take place. Can I just say this? I think it's supernatural things happen when you're just simply generous. And you might be saying, how do I do that? Start with what you do have, don't start with what you don't have. So Beck and I made a little bank account and I've got a little side bank account and it's just called um, Seed. And it's just for those moments where we'll be in the checkout and I'll just see someone and in my spirit I think I need to pay for them. Or I see someone with a need and I think I'm gonna respond. And I, we did it a few years ago, this, this principle, financial principle of 70, 10, 10, 10, the whole thought of trying to live off 70%, which is a huge task. But again, supernatural occurrences happen. So we're with, you know, aimed to do that. And then 10%, we tithe to Jesus, our Melchizedek, who brought us his bread and wine. And then we have this other money, that 10% we save, we invest. So you might invest in the stock market, you might invest in a project, and then we've got another 10%. We just have it there, ready to respond. Now, it took us a while to get there. Sometimes it was kind of like 80, you know, 12 and a half, 12, I don't know the mass, I'm not good with mass, but, you know, portions, and you might not be able to do that, and that's okay. That's, that's the least of your concerns at the moment. Here's your concern. I.E. Get it amongst yourself and your heart. I just think as well, one other thing, it's a supernatural thing to forgive people in your life. To release them from the debt that you've entrapped. To say, actually, you know what? This is not my debt. I, I give it to God. He forgave me of everything. How could I not forgive you? Okay, then finally, and this is where we're gonna land it. The second thing that happens because Abraham is good eye is because of Abraham's good eye, It meant that he could see God's good eye. Watch this. Abraham waited 25 years for a son. And when Isaac arrived, God asked him to take him to a mountain, Mount Moriah, to sacrifice him. It's like, what the heck is going on? When they reached the place God had told him about, Genesis 25, Abraham built an altar there because he's acting out of such relationship with God. And he arranged wood on it and he bound his son Isaac and he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. We know this is symbolic of what is going to happen with Jesus. Jesus but listen to the story. Then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the Lord said, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, God said. Don't do anything to him. Now that I know that you fear me, respect me, because you have not even withheld that which you really wanted, ain't from me. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, which is like a shrubbery, I think, he saw a ram caught by its horns. It just so happened. He went over supernatural currents. He went over and He took the ram and He sacrificed it on the altar instead of His son. And then Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh translates. Yeah. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it's gonna be provided for you. Why is that significant? Because the phrase the Lord will provide, don't miss this. Actually translates to the Lord will see. Wow. What does that mean? God has a very good eye. I thought you'd celebrate. He has everything that you need in his hand. Everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> yes. Oh sorry, just getting a little bit excited now. God is good and He does good. God's the great provider. Who pulled you out of the waters? Who carried you on His shoulders? Whose voice is it that calms the storm in your life? Who was with you there in the fire? Who bore your sickness? Who bore your sins? You're God and He has a very good eye. Wish I didn't do that. But anyway, He has a very good eye. Give Him praise. You know He's got a good eye. And the, and the thing is, right? Oh, it takes one to see one. How many people in the world don't know the goodness of God? How many people know, don't know in the world that these words we sang this morning are right out of the Bible? They're eternal truths. We're not doing karaoke church, what the heck? We're singing a God who has a good eye over us. We're declaring it, we're believing it. Even if it doesn't look like it, I know you're working. Even if I can't see it, I know you're working. Why? Because the Word says that He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He is IE Tovar over your life. God has never been stingy to you one minute of His existence. God has never ever, even that which He takes from you has an IE Tovar behind it. Oh, wow. Oh! Ha. Oh, sorry. Yeah, thank you. So how do you do this? <laughs> okay, so you've got to come to Jesus, okay? Because Jesus shared this, the eyes is a light lamp to the body. But then as soon as He was done, the Sermon on the Mount, heaps of people followed Him because they realised you can't do this on your own. It's easy to be stingy. It's easy to be cynical. It's easier than you know. So I need this God. He's so good. He's so good. And I'm going to follow Him even when it's tricky, even when it's challenging, I'm laying it all down for Him. In other words, I'm gonna ayin tovar the one who I tovars me. I'm gonna give Him my good eye, and He's gonna give me His. And that is where relationship, power, grace, forgiveness comes in. Our God's not a, He's not a big God with a stick trying to beat you to the ground. He put His Son on the stick to lift you up. The punishment was on him. So, therefore, I tell you don't worry about your life or what you'll eat or drink or your body or your clothes. The birds of the air, do they not have places, barns to live? Does your father not care even more for you? See, ayen tovar is the antithesis of worry. Worry is what's robbing you from your good eye. Worry is what is robbing you from being able to see what is possible, what is wonderful, and being generous and our God has a very good eye in Jesus' Name. And I wanna to pray today, and I wanna pray. I think it's a good challenge, do you? Yeah, it's, so it's actually a challenge that rather before I go and try and serve someone or give, I actually just wanna reshape. I actually wanna come out of this. What about for someone here in this room and it's like your job sucks. You're just like, I've had enough of it. Why don't you try this? Why don't you just try a good eye? Start looking at what's right. Start looking at what's possible. Start to change. What about for others of you, and you're like, this spouse of mine, this <laughs> spouse of mine is causing me problems? And I, you know, I just say, for every time you say that, just make sure you go to the mirror. Just say, that spouse of theirs is causing them lots of issues. We're in this thing together, buddy. I ain't over. What about this one? It's, it should be a new Christian song. It's called, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry you know what we like to do instead of I'm sorry is, I'm gonna tag a passive aggressive post on Facebook with their name on it about some other issue, but I'm gonna tag them in and all my friends will know about it. Forgive me, I'm sorry. I ain't over And I just wanna pray. I actually just wanna pray that God would just come and breathe, breathe, breathe. Do you wanna close your eyes? Father, thank you for um, your Word. Thank you for your goodness. I um, just check out right now and let you just come and move in this room across these great people. Just, Lord, every life and every heart you know and love. The Bible says in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And you're generous, Lord, to the core. And the great Holy Spirit, I ask that you would move now Intricately, and specifically to each heart and mind. This I, Lord, wash it with the balm of your goodness. The Word of God today. This is not, Lord God, just be positive no matter what. This is generous. This is a heart. And there's people here today going through stuff they cannot see the generous in it. They cannot see the possibility. They cannot see what could be. Father, I ask right now you pour out your Spirit. I ask you to bring healing. I ask you to bring favour. I ask for your big heart, Father, just to enclose and envelop every one of your children. Thank you, Jesus. Just keep your eyes closed for a moment. I felt um, this morning there were some people in the room and you're you um, feel cursed. You feel like there's bad luck all around you. I've actually been into a few different cities and churches just recently and I've just felt it each time I've gone in. I feel like some people just really believe they've just got bad luck and and, and they're cursed. And I just keep your eyes closed. I spoke to a group in Christchurch and then a group in Auckland. You would be shocked at the amount of people who are like, yeah, man, I actually don't know. I can't put my finger on it. But I just feel like things won't go well with me. Maybe you don't feel like you've ever done enough for God, ever been enough for God, like you could ever make up for your past or anything like that. And I just want to pray for people here just feeling that way. So close, everyone close your eyes. I want the band to close their eyes and everyone. And I, I just want you, if you're just saying, yeah, flip, that's me. I just feel like I can't put my finger on it, but there's just something around my life and I don't like it. And I just know God's here to break that today. By His anointing and His power, He just wants to smash that thing so that you can... Uh, Run clear and run free. So, so every eye is closed. Okay, yeah, every eye. If that's you, just lift your hand up, and I'm going to pray for you. Okay, I think there's a real opportunity here. Just feeling like there's stuff. Yep, awesome. Yep, awesome. Yep, awesome. Yep, awesome. Cool. Keep it up for a minute. So good. Anyone else just saying yeah? Far out. I just don't know. Hey, there's a lot of stuff going on in my world right now. I don't know what's causing it. Yep, awesome. So good. Just anyone else? I'm going to pray. Yep, down there. So good here as well fantastic great okay you can put your hands down and here we go father in the mighty name of Jesus break every stronghold everything that would hold these ones back and we speak Lord God your freedom and your life right over their life over their finances over their health over their mind over their relationship over every little thing father I speak freedom liberty and life move that mountain today Lord God move it move it move it just break it break them into joy break them into freedom break them into a new day in Jesus name I eat over our Lord over your children in Jesus name Amen Amen just one more group one more group I just want to um, pray for you today if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior you did not know that Amen. he's real you did not know that history proves he's real. You did not know that by 120 witnesses who witnessed his resurrection, that it is a mathematical impossibility that he did not rise again from the dead. You say, how can you say that? How can you prove that? You explain to me how 120 people collaborated their story when they were threatened with death from Roman soldiers and where even just one threat, that one person would say, it was a lie. We made it up. Don't kill me. No, none of them, none of them. They saw a resurrected Jesus and they met Him. And what does that mean? It means that if Jesus died for our sins and that if He rose again from the dead, He is God. And if He is God, then everything He came to do to set you free and forgive you is real and it's for you. And I'm here today telling you all around the world right now, even in communities, we heard the other day about a lady, a woman, she had an encounter with God on a midweek night, not even asking to meet Him. And He turned up in her life radically and powerfully. Another story really similar, I was in Auckland last weekend, I met people just the same. God is moving and He is rescuing and He is taking hold of people. But all we need to do, right, all we need to do is come to Him and believe and surrender. Surrender, what the heck have you got to lose? All of your sin, all of your shame, all that holds you back you come into freedom, you come into freedom. He loves you. He died for you and he doesn't want you to have religion with no heart. He wants to be alive in every way. So I want your eyes to be closed and your heads to be bowed and we're going to pray a prayer that literally is an ability just to say Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I believe in you. And I want your forgiveness and I want your new life and I want what you do, your salvation. So eyes closed, heads bowed. On the count of three, I want you to lift your hand. Say, Graham, that's me today. I need Jesus. I need to surrender to Him. My life's not right. Don't try and get it right by yourself. Come and receive the gift of new life and forgiveness. On the count of three, I want you to lift your hand if that's you. And and we're going to pray for you. I'm going to include you in a prayer. One, two, three. Three, lift it up today if you know you need Jesus and you're just surrendering your heart and your life to Him. Just lift it up nice and high. Let me see it. God bless you. God bless you. So awesome. So awesome. Who else here? Say, yeah, that's me. I need Jesus. Even online today, you could be dropping in the comments box. That's me. That's me. We're going to pray for you. Others here today, just needing to surrender to Him, surrender to His love, putting our faith in Him. It's so awesome. (laughs) It is so awesome. Okay, you can put your hands down. Okay, everyone, let's put our hands together. I'm gonna hand over to Rebecca, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. I want everyone to follow this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, come before you today, just as I am. Thank you for your radical acceptance that came through Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me of everything. Thank you for making me new. Lord, I surrender to your love. I believe in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Have a good eye this week, everybody. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at annasbrook.co.nz or visit our website.